Welcome to the Roadie Mixtape Podcast, bringing musicians and people in the music industry together. And here is your host, Brad Thibodeau. Today on the podcast, we have Chris and Sarah from Raw. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. So uh, this podcast, we'd like to talk about how uh, musicians get started in their music career. So how did you guys get started playing music? Um, so my background, I've been playing guitar since I was 10. Um, and it was really just a singer, songwriter, folky type style. Um, I put out my first full length album called Who We Are. It was 12 songs. I um, did a Kickstarter campaign and raised $6,000 for it. Um, and put out that album. Um, so that was my big moment i guess you could say um musically and then i quickly broke away from the folk singer songwriter stuff um once we put together Ra. yeah because Ra has no folk very little folk influence yeah, i would say exactly yeah. i wanted to steer as far away from that as i could because i had been so immersed in it for so long and just playing by myself out at venues i was i was really sick of being alone yeah just yeah. like a one-man band um how long were you playing indie music or folk music um i started playing out oh man when i was 19 i started playing out so yeah it was just me myself and i yeah for a while and then uh what year did you put out your solo record um, 2016? 13. 2013? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Chris knows better than I do. Yeah, I guess so. 2013. <laughs> That's when you recorded it. It may have come out in 14. Yeah. And then when did, when did you start Raw? Um, three years ago, right? Uh, it was 2014. 2014. That's when we started playing together, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was a pretty fast move. You played yeah. it for a while by yourself and then... Yeah, you were just done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember the first time I met Sarah, she, it was she was playing solo, opening up for a band I was playing in mm -hmm. in New York, and that's where we first met. And then we didn't see each other for the next five years. It was mm -hmm. like I knew of you, you knew of me, uh, but you were playing solo then. That was probably two thousand eight. Yeah. Because I wasn't in that band anymore after that. But when you came into town from New York, yeah, you opened for us at the Wheelhouse, the late great. Oh wow. <laughs> so yeah, you you. But it feels like by the yeah. time we started playing in Raw, it was, you were just over it. I was so over it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's hard playing by yourself. It is, and it just got monotonous for me. Like, I wasn't, I didn't really feel like I was growing by myself. Um, so I started guitar lessons with Chris <laughs> um, just oh, to yeah. try something different. Um Maybe I could pick up some lead guitars so I could like add a loop pedal. I was just trying to like branch out as much as I could. I was playing in a couple other bands. It's just a backup vocalist. Um, but that was, it wasn't my own music either. So yeah, it was their style and what they wanted to do. Um, it wasn't my own. So nice. So then, uh, Chris, tell us yeah. a little bit about your background in music. All right, yeah. I think uh, Sarah and I started playing around the same age. Yeah. Uh, it was probably 10. I started as a drummer, 
uh, originally in, uh, you know, in concert band. I had a snare drum. But before that, actually, well, even before that, I was writing songs. My dad just had a terrible guitar around the house, literally missing a tuning peg. So it only had five strings. I didn't know how to tune it anyway, so it didn't matter. But uh, it was just, okay, well, I got this thing. And I would like write rid ridiculous songs about like fantasy worlds and things like that. And so then I was like, I should probably actually learn how to play this thing or a thing that actually works. And so got a drum set a year later, switched to guitar, kept doing both. And uh, yeah, just studied uh, guitar hardcore through my whole youth. That was like my life was just sitting and playing guitar and downloading songs on Napster. And <laughs> yep. <laughs> watching MTV, you know? Yeah. TRL. <laughs> Carson Daly, what's up? Wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then, uh, and actually, I was pretty close to quitting guitar when I entered high school. I, I was just kind of over it. Or anyway, I wanted to stop taking lessons. I was kind of over the, I had a great teacher, wonderful instructor, but I just, I wasn't taking it that seriously. I just wanted to learn Nirvana songs at that point. And, but then I got into high uh, I got in I got into high school. It was a great moment <laughs> for my family. I was the first uh, to make it to high school, and um, but I made it into jazz band. And I said, "Oh, I, I can't stop taking lessons because I don't know any of this. I don't even know how I got in." Yeah. <laughs> so once that happened, I was like, "Okay, well, I, I got to get serious about this." Weirdly enough, it was just that ninth grade getting in jazz band. So continued my studies, switched to classical guitar, and then um, went to music school at Rick. Studied classical guitar there. Eventually moved to New York with a band. And finished my degree in uh, jazz studies at uh, Long Island University in, in Brooklyn. Some great instructors, you know, basically in the jazz mecca of the world. Yeah. So it was pretty great, the kind of people who came through to, to teach us. I must admit, I was pretty over jazz and that kind of thing. At that point, I was just more just looking to finish and, you know, contribute to my combos and things like that. But I was not looking to be a jazz musician. But it was just honestly, when I transferred, it was the closest degree I was. Yeah, uh, to achieving. So I did. But all the while, my whole life, writing songs, recording songs, starting, you know, on an old karaoke machine, eventually, uh, you know, a Tascam Porta Studio, you know, four track making records uh, when I was 14. And yeah, that was always my life. It's uh, all I cared about, really, you know, and I just oh, I'll go to school for music. In the meantime, I became a music instructor in 2004, so now 14 years ago, and I've remained a music instructor that entire time. So, on various instruments, and yeah, just a music nerd. That's nice. what I am. That's good. <laughs> um, so then you were talking about you were you were teaching Sarah. Yeah. And uh, when did you guys decide to to team up and start Raw? I think through those lessons, Sarah, because we would learn some songs together and found ourselves playing together a little bit. And we probably only did, I would say, all told, five lessons. I mean, it wasn't much, it wasn't but it got great. us playing together. And I think Sarah saw, oh, I can sing with Chris. I can, you know. Yeah, obviously, I knew he was a fine musician. She knew me as a musician, mm -hmm. as did I know her that way before we knew each other as people, really. Um, uh, but I think it was through there. And so, and we really became reacquainted through the rock climbing community here in South County at the Rock Spot Rock Climbing Gym where Sarah worked and is a yoga instructor and was working the desk at that time that's in fact why i started going there through a mutual friend and um it turns out a lot of rock climbers are musicians so i found myself mm -hmm. having jam sessions with various drummers and other guitarists and sarah and whatever and so eventually it was like well let's let's all get together you know i was having a lot of one-on-one -on -one, like oh you play yeah come over to my place and uh and then sarah just kind of got us all together at her place and that's kind of when it started it was like october of uh 2014 not the thought to have a band, just the thought, 
hey, we all play. We're not really doing anything original at the moment, any of us. I didn't have a band at the moment. I was doing my own music, but I didn't have a band. Um, yeah, let's just go play, you know? Mm-hmm. And even from the first time we got together, which I think is cool, because, you know, it's Sarah's name, Ra, you know, Sarah. Uh, but she was like, if you have any songs, you know, that you think would be cool, like, bring them, you know? And I was like, hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and of course, I always had songs, but I was like, no, 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 that's cool. We'll do your thing, you know? We'll do covers, we'll do whatever. But like from the first time we got together, it was like, oh, cool. This is like, this could be collaborative and interesting. Yeah. And and in that first session was Brendan, who became our drummer, but he was playing saxophone because <laughs> he's a great multi-instrumentalist and he, he showed up with his saxophone. It was like, all right, awesome. I think he did a song or two on drums by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it wasn't clear it was going to be a band. It was more like, this is a good excuse to get together and play a bit. Yeah. Right. Right. You didn't think it. You weren't like, I'm putting together a band, right? No. Yeah. Definitely not. I just wanted to jam, branch out a little bit. Yeah. Start well, in that first different. one, we played one of your songs, like an original oh, yeah. song of Sarah's that yeah. was something beyond the folk thing that you had been doing. You knew it was a yeah. full band thing, but it wasn't quite what Robbie came. And in fact, we played that song our first show and have never played it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm willing to play that song. And Sarah's like, nah. No, <laughs> There's, always yeah. There's always we're one. There's always one. that song. Mm-hmm. That was the first to go. Yeah. <laughs> But that was, you know, so we had a raw song the first time we played. Yeah. Yeah. So who else is in the band? You mentioned Brendan, the mm-hmm. drummer. Who else yeah. you got in the band? Kevin Northup. He's our bassist. All right. Yeah. Yep. Kevin and Brendan are both rock climbers mm-hmm. as well. Friends. We were friends before. I didn't even know Kevin played bass. Brendan, I knew he played music. We had some mutual acquaintances, but... He was one of the first guys I ever played with before Ra even got together to play. He came over to my place and and uh, we just jammed because I was just intrigued by his musical mind and just his mind in general. He's a really br- he's a brilliant guy and a funny guy and and just a thoughtful dude. And I said that's the kind of guy I'd like to be in a room with, you know. And yeah. that's really where that started. And it turned out he was a great drummer. So I was like, wonderful. Yeah, he's a killer drummer. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. You recorded him. He's, yeah, uh, yeah. He's a machine. And I connected well with him because of yoga. Like, he was taking all my yoga classes. We would go and take yoga classes together. Like, it was awesome. We connected more spiritually than yeah. anything, which was pretty important to me. Mm. Um, and that's why I invited him over to the house as well to play. I was blown away when he got on the drum set. I was like, wait a second. You play drums? <laughs> I thought you just played sax. Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And he killed it. Like he's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Uh, did you guys shuffle around a lot of musicians before you got the lineup you have now, or did you kind of just jam together once and it just kind of fit? Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Moving on. I'm gonna show it to you. Yeah. So yeah. Initially there was a wider group of people involved mm-hmm. actually one of my yeah one of sarah's best friends she was living with at the time was playing drums this girl jenna who's a great person and uh and also a good drummer like a really <laughs> good drummer and then and then one of my dear friends chris zimmerman who's my boy zimmy one of my favorite humans on the planet he was playing bass he played some upright he played some bass and uh those were the early jams uh and our early songwriting was kind of being played by that by that core and Crazily, something happened probably six months in where Sarah wrote a couple new songs. One was Ocean. Mm-hmm. Another was called Shut Up, Walk Away. Both of those are on her EP, actually, that's out. Um, 
And they were the first time that Sarah brought me something that wasn't finished and said, this needs a bridge or where do I go with this? I have this, you know, what do we do with this? And we collaborated on those two, just musically, nothing lyrical or anything, but it was the first time that I had helped maybe arranging mm -hmm. things that were there and getting the band going. But it was the first time it was like, before taking it to the band, we worked out these things. And when we kind of had a breakthrough with those two songs as to the thing we could make together, it was like, oh man, I don't know, Brendan, because Brendan was playing sax still. I was like, Brendan could play the heck out of these songs. And we in fact started having him switch to drums for one song in particular, the song Ocean, because he just, just it's just his style. And it just kind of became apparent like, yeah, we got to do more like that, you know? And yeah. so just organically, it kind of shifted. And it's great because, you know, like I said, Zimmy, who was playing bass, one of my dearest friends, he comes to every Ross show. Like it wasn't, there were no hard feelings. The hardest feeling was like, oh man, we like, we like hanging out on Tuesday nights or whatever, yeah. you know? And uh, so that was the change, but it was clear the music demanded a different feel. And in the meantime, I'd started playing with Kevin, our bassist, uh, informally at jams. Uh, and I was just really taken with his musicality. I just, and I, I, we had a lot of music in common. And again, just a, a person I like a lot. Um, I'm very fortunate. Most of these rock climbers are very cool people who play some great music, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was really like, it's almost like a, an embarrassment of riches. You had a lot of options. So um, it became clear that Brendan should play drums. And then and then Kevin just slipped right in from us jamming with him. And we had a nice jam around a campfire one night in the summer solstice <laughs> of 2015. And it, and it was the first time Sarah had heard Kevin play. And she was like, hey, Kevin's good, right? And I was like, yeah. And so it was kind of like, all right. And then the next night we were working on one of those songs yep. and he was there. Yeah. We were just sitting around your living room and he was there and contributing and like, oh, I liked this. How about this? And it was like, woo, yeah. this is exciting. You know? That's cool. And all of a sudden it just clicked. And the next time we all got together, it was the four of us. And it's been that way from the start. And that practice, we wrote a song. It was just mm -hmm. like immediate, you know? Yeah. Good, you know, the, the, the chemistry was right. So do you find, uh, are, are you two the primary... Uh, like songwriters in the band, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, I our songs come in three different packages. I think if I if I were to think about it, mm -hmm. one is what I described from our first practice as the current four piece, which is we just kind of start playing and find something and go, whoa, okay, this is something, and then often after that, just out of that initial idea, we'll record it at practice just on a phone, and then I'll often go and shape it, and then kind of we have an instrumental foundation and then Sarah, Sarah will write over that. So that's mm -hmm. one of the ways. And I would say maybe a, a quarter of our material comes that way. The other just starts right with Sarah where she'll usually then bring it to me and we'll sit down with it before we mm -hmm. get in the room with the band. And she'll say, I have this, you know, is this good? You know, cause every songwriter is just like deeply insecure and, and like, <laughs> I don't know if this is any good. <laughs> and then we'll get together. And I'll be like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> 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 and if she needs something else from me, you know, just, just based on my skill set, then I'll contribute and we'll bring that to the band. And then the others are effectively, I just bring a song, you know, mm -hmm. fully written lyrics and everything and say, hey, here's something. I'll sometimes demo it. But generally speaking, I'll just make a voice memo demo and uh, yeah. mm -hmm. send it to them, teach it in the room and boom, we're good. And then Sarah and I will work on it vocally or whatever. But so that's like the three. It feels like that's the three yeah. ways that happens. Very well explained. <laughs> <laughs> um so you guys do a lot of back and forth vocals a lot of harmonizing 
how do you work that out? Do you have it in your head already when you're when you're writing music, or do you do you kind of do a lot of bouncing off back and forth? Is is there a process? I think both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I write music, personally, I don't really think about harmonies too much. I think about you know when he could come in to the songs, um, and he's really good at just harmonizing which is great. And I feel like I'm the same way where anything that he writes, I can build a harmony off of it. No problem. If he has a very specific idea, then I'll I'll definitely go with that. Um, We think very differently when it comes to songwriting, which has worked awesome for us because we're just so, I feel like we're on opposite ends Mm -hmm. of the spectrum, writing lyrics and like the performance side of it, it's so different. But us together, we collaborate so well. It's it's perfect. Yeah, I think Sarah is very intuitive in her writing, yeah. both lyrically and musically and melodically. It just kind of just flows right out of her. And don't get me wrong, I would say, you know, a lot of our best songs or any songwriter's best songs just kind of, wow, that, that all of a sudden it was there. You know, mm-hmm. I had an experience like that today where it was like, I think this is like a song, you know, just... Yeah, just just fell out of me, you know, but I tend to be a little bit more analytical about uh, particularly lyrically, weirdly enough, the music stuff, you know, from being, you know, a jazz musician and stuff like that, like you're used to improv and improv isn't just playing a solo. Improv is song forms. Improv is harmonies. Improv is, you know what I mean? Arranging. A lot of times that's like an intuitive improvisational. I just know this is the right next chord. Yeah. It doesn't matter why I know, but I just know. (laughs) You know what I mean? And thankfully, I've had the training that I can actually realize those ideas real fast. You know? Yeah, right. Where when I was younger, I would search for them, you know, and now I kind of, you know, you get the tools to do that. So that's helpful. I think that's just like a tool for a band to have. But yeah, I tend to be a little more analytical and it's fun because she'll present lyrics to me and sing a song. And I'll be like, all right, what did you say there in the second verse? And she'll say, and I'll be like, oh, okay, that's a great lyric, but I don't think that's what you mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, because you don't know, sometimes you write a thing, and you're like, oh, it's clear to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've never collaborated with anyone on lyrics, my own or or theirs. I've been in bands with multiple songwriters too. Some of them I still play in. But it's like they have their songs and I have my songs. And mm-hmm. this is the first truly like the songs wouldn't exist with almost no exception. The songs wouldn't exist without the two of us, you know? Yeah. They're at the ground floor really figuring out what the song is, what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and I started getting to a point with songwriting where I would only half finish it because I wanted Chris to work on it with me. Like I didn't, I didn't want it to be like Sarah Daigle's band or, or it's just all my music. Like I was dying to write with someone and collaborate. Like I didn't want just my stuff out there and it was great. Like I would just throw stuff out at Chris and be like, give me a bridge, give me something else. And like, add to this because it's better with us together doing it than just me doing a song sure i can write a song but it's way more fun you know collaborating with chris and from my end i'm not a great singer like that's not my thing like i've always been a singer because i'm a songwriter but i don't you wouldn't say like oh chris yeah i know that guy he has a great voice it's not my thing i'm an adequate singer now and i'm a fine harmonizer but to ha- hear something I wrote the lyrics to and to have it come out of Sarah's 
mouth changes everything for me where all of a sudden it's like oh good my songs like my songs work maybe i just don't work it as a as a presenter of them or something or historically haven't i've grown more confident through the years but like when we first started playing i didn't have a band for myself and it was like wow what a great delivery system for some of my songs you know and, and yeah. was, when i started writing songs specifically with us in mind it was like using me it. yeah well i was just like using me i was just like oh right that's the thing that's been lacking is put it in the in the in the mouth of a deeply talented beautiful girl <laughs> and singer <laughs> the talented yeah sorry i wasn't talking about those talents <laughs> this is a family podcast right well, isn't that an old thing ah, take a look at the talent <laughs> Right, you're like in a in a speakeasy or something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, voom. <laughs> Sorry, I slipped into uh, character there for a yeah, second. Right. Yeah, I'm back. So... Chris is here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back and forth vocal thing though, because we didn't really address that. No. I think that's interesting <laughs> because I did have something for that. Oh yeah, so back oh, and yeah. forth vocals. So for instance, we have a song called "A Spark" yeah. and. Uh, and uh, it, it may even be the title track of the record that we're, we're working on now, because mm -hmm. uh, it's a song we like a lot. And it's a song I wrote on a piano, and I wrote all the words and melody and everything. And I thought, uh, I did not think it would involve two vocals. I just assumed Sarah would sing the whole thing. And and I knew because of the range I wrote it in, we're probably fine with this key. It's pretty high. Sarah you can do it. And then we discovered, because it's, it's kind of like a treacherous song about the end of a relationship, kind of just staring it in the face like, yep. The spark is gone, basically, you know, or or truly what it is, is that fire that was once there has diminished to just the spark of what once was. And it was a very personal song. It was a real song at the time. But then we discovered splitting up the verses back and forth. All of a sudden it was kind of the meaning was deepened on a certain yeah. level. And it was like, oh, this is coming from both sides. And it became a conversation yeah. about a relationship, both parties in a relationship and their dissatisfaction and i thought wow that's so much more interesting yeah and so much more relatable yeah yeah where it's usually not like these things don't happen in a vacuum you know if something's not working it's usually not working for everyone involved it's not like totally. well i thought this was great yeah. you know it's like usually it's like yeah so just to find that kind of dynamic and then the times we come together that gives extra meaning to those because like now we're together uh on this thought or, you know, with this particular sentiment. And I thought, wow, that really took it to the next level. That's why we love the song so much. We like it musically, too. But I think I think it's a good showcase of, yeah. of what you can do Absolutely. with two lead vocalists. I'm tired of nothing. Been getting less and less. And I'm done with it. I'm done with fighting for slivers and for shreds of what we have. When it was different, when it grew me in your arms, wouldn't miss a dawn. Now the bride is in mornings dull and dark Lit by just a spark Just a spark Lit by just a spark 
to playing in raw both of you have um other artistic ventures chris why don't you talk about we mentioned that you're a, a teacher right yeah yeah a multi-instrumentalist teacher yeah. so where do you teach what instruments do you teach and uh maybe talk about the the skill levels that you specialize in oh wow okay cool so uh primarily i still am a guitar teacher though i find myself teaching Piano, uh, drums, bass, ukulele, banjo, all of those currently. So that's kind of cool. So over the course of an afternoon, I'll often have a lot of different instruments in my hand at a lot of different skill levels. So the cool thing that's happened in the past couple of years is a lot of older students have started coming to me. And, and, I, and I work out of a store in Cranston, Rhode Island called Oaklawn Music, a little mom and pop shop that's been there for 25 years or something. And I've been there for 14 Uh which is great. I was like 20 when I started there and, and uh, there it's kind of a second family. Um, and, uh, but in recent years, I've gotten a lot of older students either rekindling their interest in playing guitar or ukulele in some cases, or, or coming at it new, just saying like, yeah, I need a retirement uh, project. You know, I'm also taking golf lessons. It's like, oh, right on. Yeah, cool. Uh, so that's been a real joy, you know, to have a beginner 
for lack of a better term, but who is also like an established human being with their own experiences. And, I, you know, I could see a lot of these people being my friends. You know, they're nice. They come to shows sometimes. And, you know, it's been a really nice relationship with those students. But I also have started a lot of students just this past two weeks that are seven, eight years old, you know, getting a guitar. And I, I kind of envy these kids because I don't think I had a guitar till I was 12. And, mm. you know, and I, now I feel late to the game. Like, if you're a kid who has interest in music, it feels a lot easier to just get a cheap guitar. And the parents are like, yeah, yeah, you should take music lessons. You know, it's just very different. Yeah, it was. It wasn't as common. I remember, you know, when I started, it was like you have a guitar. You know, now yeah, it's like yeah, now yeah. it's like you can leave Target with a guitar. Yeah, you know, and like a first act capo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so all varieties of uh, skill level, ages, styles. You know, I'll go from teaching a, you know, kind of writing out the music to the theme song to Halo Two, which apparently is a thing, to you know. <laughs> teaching Scarborough Fair by Simon and Garfunkel to a 65-year-old man within an hour, you know? And that's awesome. It's a, it's a great test of yeah. kind of my musical ear and acumen and capacity to explain music of all backgrounds to yeah. people of all backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a great thing. I love so teaching. You love teaching. Oh, yeah. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Right. Yeah. Well, I find the best uh, players often make the worst teachers. You probably have experienced that too. It's like, man, because you just can't, those people can't articulate it. They just know it right. so deeply. But what I found is I was not a natural musician. And I didn't have a natural ear. I developed it through practicing, through studying, and through listening, and just sitting with a guitar in my hand for a long time. And I think that's hopeful to people starting out on an instrument. Is like, oh, cool, you ended up a totally valid musician and teacher. Uh, but you didn't start that way. It's, I wasn't one of those perfect pitch dudes who just picked up. But now I understand music on a level that like I can apply it to different instruments and be pretty valid at it. And I have a certain musicality that was maybe always there, but I didn't come out of the box that good. And it took me years to actually be able to even tune a guitar by ear, let alone figure out a song. And now it's kind of like my livelihood. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I always tell students that like, hey, you know, you just got to do this a lot and love it. But it's not necessarily an inborn talent. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was, I was not a natural on the guitar myself. It yeah. just like, but I was, I just was determined and just you know sat like like you did, you know, like all day in high school and did nothing but play guitar. And yeah. Now I'm okay. Yeah, no, man, you should <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'm okay. But, but what's cool is you kind of relate these complex ideas, you know, because I look at music on a certain level now, and a lot of it is intuitive now, but having to articulate it to someone hearing it for the first time or someone just about to break into like maybe the next level of looking at the instrument. Uh, it's good for me because it gets me back in touch with like the core fundamentals of harmony yeah, and, and the guitar itself or whatever instrument I'm teaching. Bass is kind of like that too, you know, teaching walking bass to a jazz student, for instance, you know, yeah. you kind of got to get right down to basics. How do I think about this? What do I actually use? Yeah, And that's what I do. I tend to make it more practical, the theoretical end of my teaching, I tend to make it practical. Here's what I actually think about when I play. And I'm a professional musician, so it works. <laughs> it must work. If not, I wouldn't be working. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like that's been really helpful. Uh, yeah. It just it lets me kind of get a fresh perspective at what I do on my instruments, you know? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sarah, mm. besides being a musician, you teach yoga and do Thai massage. Mm -hmm. How did you get into that? Um, I started teaching, well, I took my first yoga teacher training when I was 18. Um, I've been teaching since then. 
um, I found yoga because I had really high anxiety and depression. Um, it's what I was suffering from. Um, and I ended up dropping out of college. I was going to school for music therapy. Um, and I dropped out of school to become a yoga teacher. And um, I went down that path for a really long time. Um, and then I found Thai massage when I was taking an intensive course in India, which was like my second time ever on a plane in my life. And I traveled by myself at 24 years old to India um, to take a training. And I found Thai massage there. So when I came back home, I ended up taking an intensive um, week-long training um, in Thai massage, and I've been doing it now for nine years. Wow. Um, so I travel to people's homes, and I offer it. Um, I don't teach yoga as much anymore. I did manage a bunch of yoga studios. I owned a yoga set center up in Maine, um, and I just kind of overtaught myself. <laughs> I was teaching so many classes a week and it really burned me out. I found Thai massage and it's really what I was called to do. I wanted more hands-on one-on-one work and therapy. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, when I think of practices like Thai massage and other, other, I guess, physical acts that are highly spiritualized as well, Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's a there's a deep spiritual connection with massage and and yoga. There's like a lot that uh, comes together. It all for me it relates a lot to music as well. Yeah. Do you find that there's uh, a link for you and maybe your clients between the the Thai massage and music? Yeah, for sure. Um, it was really interesting because when I first started teaching yoga when I was 18, I was teaching to a lot of middle aged housewives that would walk into my yoga class, see my face and walk immediately out because they didn't want someone that was the age of their daughter teaching them. Um, So it was really rough when I first started. Um, No one really took me seriously. Um, It was very challenging. Maybe until I was 25, people started taking me a little bit more seriously, but still didn't think that I was well-trained. Um, for quite a while and just judge me by the way that I looked. Um, I struggled combining the music and the yoga because yoga is very spiritual. And I was also working at a nightclub in Providence called the Spot Underground as security, um, <laughs> which is really inter- That's its own interesting story. Um, but I was fighting my own morals a lot like i'd have a lot of students that would come into the spot underground and i didn't want them to see me drink or um smoking cigarettes or anything like that i didn't want to be a hypocrite i was living this spiritual life but i was also a a musician at heart and like had the rock and roll kind of personality um but kirtan which is devotional chanting in sanskrit um actually bridged the gap between yoga and music for me. And I started incorporating it into my yoga classes and offering sound healings and stuff like that. 
um, I had to let go of, you know, my ego with, with letting my students see me at bars and stuff like that. And I actually started encouraging them all to come. Um, and that's only because they started hearing me sing in the classes and they're like, where else do you play? They like wanted to hear me play somewhere else. I'm like, well, it's not devotional chanting, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more rough around the edges. Um, and I still say that to them to this day is they always want to see me play out. And I'm like, well, I play in a rock band and we, I like yell at the top of my lungs and swear at times. And they're like, that's great. I want to go. Um, but that was almost a breath of fresh air for me to be able to be able to link both sides of my life, the healing side as well as um, the musical. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, they're both like major parts of your life and to to not have them connected is like their button heads. Oh, totally. Yeah. And they did most of my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> They definitely did. It was either one or the other. It was I couldn't find a way to find harmony within them until I was maybe 27. Yeah. yeah. So you're working on a full-length record. How yeah. long have you been uh, working on it? Too long. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I believe it was just almost exactly a year ago that we were here in this studio of yours recording drums. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, a year now. Which is too long. Uh, it's it's par for the course for me making a record. D to be specific, you engineered the drums uh, and the rest of the record we're doing at my home studio. Uh, so basically it comes down to me, my level of focus, and my capacity for making big decisions <laughs> and our ability to find time in our pretty busy lives to actually make important music to us, you know? Uh so yeah, we've been working on it for a year. It's 12 songs. It's, uh, I think it's going to be very, very, very good. I'm really proud of all the material. I'm really proud of the drums. I oh, think they're recorded beautifully. <laughs> and thanks, I think that Brendan uh, really played the heck out of them. And they're in a really great place. Uh, I would say we're about, you know, 70 plus percent done. Like most of the heavy lifting's been done. Yep. But w there's just a couple things to see through. Definitely vocals, just getting all our vocals down. Like I, I've been lazy vocally and, and haven't done nearly enough. Sarah's laid down some beautiful vocal tracks that I can't wait for people to hear because I just think it's the next level from REP certainly and anything that I've put out before uh, that I've been associated with. And certainly Sarah, I would say just musically and vocally, it's just on a different level. So, and I'm really proud of how the production's turning out. Mm -hmm. I think we're finding, because we're really just a power trio. You know, Sarah plays some acoustic guitar but musically at our core, our texture is electric guitar, bass and drums, mm -hmm. and, and vo two vocals, two vocalists. And that is kind of limiting. So in the studio, kind of discovering new textures, uh, which I've had a lot of fun doing. <laughs> you know, maybe I go too far down that path. And it's like, maybe I should get the basic, uh, you know, acoustic track down now or something. But but uh, adding keys, you know, adding extra guitar parts, just just making it a record because that's i don't want it to be us playing music i want it to be a record right yeah you know yeah like music i love and like albums that i've loved and the material's totally there like every song we stand by you know we had over 20 to choose from we narrowed it down to 12 that wasn't easy you know it weirdly when we i sent out the list of our songs i said hey guys pick 12 of these and amazingly i would say 10 of the 12 
were overlapped on all the lists. And it was oh, just wow, the last yeah. couple. So it was clear, in a way, the consensus was there. We had a quorum. And uh, and the cream definitely rose to the top. And some of the and then I think we had even a new song kind of sneak in at the end. It was like, well, we got this now. Let's 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 do this one instead. So another song got bounced. And um, but I really think it's going to be a a powerful, really beautiful sounding record. Um, I can't say I'm lazy. I just I have a lot of different projects and a lot of different recording projects, and I have a tendency to favor new ideas over old ideas. So to me, like, just with my constitution i find it very difficult to do busy work musical busy work yeah you know i know what you mean yeah and so that's just me not being disciplined but i also want to enjoy it and when we do get together and lay down vocals it's like three hours so well spent and it's just we're laughing a lot and listening and you know sometimes tearing up at like wow that sounds really good that's that's it you know yeah that's clearly it and for those moments alone, it's worth it. But I do think that I, I got a little into the drudgery of it last summer, just doing a lot of editing, doing a lot of basic yeah. work, guitar, bass, drum editing work that was just like, I think it took a toll. And I said, I got to do some new stuff. Yeah. You know? I usually I usually have like people who are in here when we're uh, when it's time to edit their their music. I don't even have them in the room. Cause it just sucks all the fun out of their music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so I just send them out for coffee or totally. to get lunch and then they come back and it's, it, Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed it. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. You don't realize. Uh, and that's probably partly me too. I have it in my head that this band, uh, Raw, just cause I think it's, I won't say it's commercial cause I'm not sure it belongs on the radio now in the traditional what's on the radio sense, but I think it's catchy and I think it's powerful and I think it's accessible and melodic and all that stuff. And I have it in my head that it needs to be kind of, I won't say perfect, but it needs to be really sharp and really clear and all that stuff. And historically, the music that I'm drawn to and the music that I make doesn't have that quality. So I think it's me kind of getting underneath and inside that aesthetic of being really rigid and firm. And I don't know, I'm using these kind of non-musical terms, but they're the ones that I think of when I think of the idealized version of our sound, you know? big choruses soaring distortions and stuff like that and and part of me is just i don't know how to get those so it's been a lot of discovery on my part you know locating those sounds mm. from my toolkit and, and it's great because i'll be really good at it after this hopefully you know yeah. our next record we go much faster but it's been all a learning pro, pro, uh, process for sure you know and i'm just toiling away in my bedroom <laughs> I'm glad that Chris took it on the project. You know, we had opportunities to step into any recording studio to get it done. Um, and Chris made a really good point of like, hey, I'm able, I am able to do this, and this will just give us time to be creative. Um, and that's something that I lacked in my first album where everything was super rushed and we were on a deadline and I had to pay out all these musicians and I didn't enjoy the experience at all. Um, where with this, it's like, oh, I'm having a really good vocal day. Let me go upstairs and record, you know, let, let me see if Chris is around. Yeah. Um, he's made it so accessible where we can be creative and that's super important, um, especially with a record like this. Because it's so good. 
the songs are so good. Like it, it's things that we can actually stand behind and be like, wow, these actually sound awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not just listening to them on my cell phone, you know, from like little scratch track re recordings. Like this is us. This is unbelievable, you know, and to feel that is empowering. It's, it's amazing. It's, and he was able to offer that, which is great. So, yeah. thanks, Chris. I think, I think right, you know, like I said, I've been recording since I was, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no gear, but like, I just wanted to make records. I wanted to hear the things I was making after I played them. <laughs> and that instinct has stayed with me and I've gotten a lot better at it. But again, this is just a new, uh, a new realm to kind of inhabit uh, on that front. And, uh, but I wanted to do it with our songs. I said, we see them through from the initial germ of an idea recorded on a phone to teaching it to the band, to arranging it as a band, to taking it to a stage, to seeing how people respond, to tweaking it. To the, it's like, why would we... I, I have the capacity to do this. I should not hand this over at the last stage, which is arguably the most important stage. You know, For The sure. shows happen and then, and then completely evaporate. You yeah. know? But in the experiences there and felt, but it's not like, oh, I like the third verse of that song. I thought that was a nice variation. No, no, but the record is the thing yeah. where the details can really shine through. And, and you know, I wanted the, the record to be something I'm as proud of as I am the songs themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why I thought, well, who better to do it than someone in the band? However, like, you know, I'm not a record producer. I'm, You know what I mean? Like, I, I have a home studio because I write songs. But like being a record producer is a different role and clearly one that I like, it should never be my job. <laughs> but I think when the record's all done and in people's hands and I can listen to it in my car and be like, yeah, all right, all right. Like it'll all have been worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It hasn't been painful. I'm just like, just not that good at it. <laughs> and that's, you know, I guess that it's painful to be bad at things, but I'm not good at like that organizational, like, all right, here's the timetable and Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like we're doing vocals on Wednesday. You know? <laughs> like, let me try this new miking technique on my app. No, I just gotta. I don't know. Let's do it. It's gotta be new. It's, it's something new. So you guys are playing the Pump House on May twenty fourth. We are playing with Slurp. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, do you know? Do you know what time the show starts? Seven o'clock. Uh, are you playing new music or are you uh, doing anything cool for that show? We are playing new music. And we do all the cool things. Nice. All the time. <laughs> I thought we would mix it up this show and just do some of the cool things, but still yeah. do those all the time. All right. All right. That's not bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we yeah. started kicking around actually in preparation for this uh, when we were playing together last night, uh, mm -hmm. maybe doing some rearrangement of some stuff. The Pump House is a great room, but it's, it's a small venue and, and we bring, we generally are a rock club band. So the thought of kind of scaling back some elements of some of our songs uh, seemed intriguing to me. So if we have time to get together, it's been a little bit tough because actually our drummer lives in New York now. So getting together to actually just rehearse and kick things around is, is not so uh, uh, possible. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he'll have some time before the show. So maybe we can at least get, I always like to offer something new every show, whether it's a cover or ideally an original or a new arrangement. So I think we'll definitely find yeah. something between now and then. If people can't wait until they see you on the 24th, where can they find your music or your individual uh, profiles and stuff like that online? Where do you have a presence? We have a Facebook page, uh, Music of Raw. 
Um, we have an Instagram, which is also Music of Raw. And we have a website called raw.rocks. Um, so you can find the EP there if you'd like to listen to it. Um, and all of our other things. Such as? Are there other things? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What <laughs> What's on your website? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think I wrote a bio for it about four years ago. Yep. It doesn't apply anymore. No, it definitely doesn't. We need an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you asked that question, I was like, oh, God, please, I hope I don't answer this. <laughs> I have no answer. I think probably our EP is up on SoundCloud. I could not say what our username is on SoundCloud. Yeah, our EP is on our website. I thought sure. I picked yeah. it up on Bandcamp, too. And Bandcamp. Oh, yeah. right on Bandcamp. Yeah. 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 yeah, go there. Yeah, <laughs> give you guys money. Oh yeah, no, it's free. But I, I just like Bandcamp. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, if you want to give us money too, yeah, that's great. Why not? Too. Like even not even at Bandcamp, just just twenty bucks in your pocket. Yeah, that's it. Cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming by. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>